and welcome to Life, Death, and Cookies. This is our second live stream. Um, I'm Char Tanner. I'm Oliver Tanner. Um, and I hope that I got all the boogers wiped off before we started. Am I good, Char? Yes. Okay. And we got the go-ahead that we are okay on audio. All right, good. So hopefully you guys will be able to hear us like the whole time. Yeah. This time. Uh, so thank you for joining us. And I hope we don't suck today. Uh, so anyway, uh, should we just get straight into the nitty gritty? Yeah, why not? Okay. Um, it actually worked. So yeah. Um, so last week we talked about my number one advice for yourself grieving a loved one, and this week we're going to talk about my top advice or number one advice um, for helping someone that has lost a loved one. Okay. Um, so, you know, there's so many times um, you have someone that you love loses someone close to them, but it's not necessarily someone that you you care about. Or not, you know, like, like my best friend loses her grandpa. Right. And I've never met her grandpa or something. Right. Or even just an acquaintance. Right, you care about your friend, but... You don't really have the connection to yes. grandpa. Um, um, or maybe even just an acquaintance is like, yeah, um, I lost my my mom last week or whatever. Right. Um, so today I'm going to give that number one advice on helping you as the... As helping the surviving person uh, when maybe you don't have the close connection to the person who died. Yes, yes. Okay. So, and that... Advice is listening and being present. I don't know if that's like anticlimactic, but but the question is, is it really that simple? And yes, it is. So um, I'm going to tell a story. So listening and bringing presence. N no, not bringing presence. Uh, Although sometimes I, mean, I don't think that's very. <laughs> I'm not going to turn presence down. <laughs> Come on, Char. So so it really is that simple. That listening and being present is. Um, my number one advice and this kind of stems from well two stories but I'm going to start with the one from the book Coaching at End of Life um, by Dr. Don Eisenhower and I talked about that book last week um, it's one I've been uh, studying anyway so he he's a pastor priest priest and he also does end of life coaching and in the beginning did you have a question well just Curious, is he Catholic? I don't know. Okay. I don't think he is, but uh, I don't know how. I don't know about it. It doesn't really matter. Okay. But it is, his, he's clergy. Yes, he is a clergy, and he has, um, I guess, like parishioners or you know people that people that are in his congregation. Yeah, people in this congregation. Anyway, um, okay. so he often um, he he was used to going and ministering to members of his congregation when, you know, elderly person um, dies or whatever. And he goes and he tries to comfort people. This is early in his ministry, mm -hmm. trying to comfort people, giving advice, you know. But then, still early in his ministry, but a little bit later, he, a teenager from his congregation dies. Mm -hmm. And he goes like normal, but he is distraught about it as well and okay. and he sits and just cries with the family doesn't say anything doesn't sit have any advice he's just there and he leaves feeling awful that he didn't say anything didn't give any advice no comfort he was just there and then later the family was like oh my gosh you being there was so wonderful thank you so much you were so helpful and he's like what I didn't do anything. There's the key. He didn't, or he didn't do anything. He didn't, he did things. He did not say anything. Right. Um, and a quote that he says is, what the grieving need more than anything else is someone to ride the roller coaster ride with them. They don't need someone to tell them when to get on or off. They don't need someone to give riding instructions. They don't need correction as to how to ride better. They need a companion along the journey. So, and this can work 
with, like I said, you know, someone that you're close to or even, even a stranger. You don't, we get all these platitudes, right? And this episode's not about not what to say, although it'll kind of be mixed in because okay. um, that's a different episode for a different time. Well, it seems to me like a big part of the message is what to say is mostly nothing. Yes. So what not to say would be almost anything, anything. else. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So I'm going to get into the things kind of what you will, you can say, but yeah, you, um, so nine times out of 10, if your mouth is moving and words are coming out, then you should probably just stop. Yes. Cause okay. what you think might sound comforting. A lot of times we feel like we have to say something and, um, you just end up yeah. being more hurtful and, than and really helpful. where a lot of that comes from, where people, uh, say something and they do all this stuff. Now they may feel some kind of sympathy or remorse for the person who is suffering or whatever, but really it's okay. Well, I'm in this situation with this person who's hurting and I, I feel awkward. I feel like I should say something because I feel awkward. And so then what is said, it isn't, we might be thinking, oh no, this is to help them. But it, actually it isn't to help them. It's to help you. To relieve your, exactly. so, yeah, to you relieve feel... your own anxiety because you're feeling like, uh, well, uh, this is a weird situation and I feel uncomfortable and I, uh, maybe I should make them feel better and I don't know what to say, but so, uh, what, uh, okay, let me say something and then that'll relieve the pressure and then I will feel better. Okay. And that's really what's going on is you're doing something to help yourself when really it's the other person who is, uh, the person who needs the help and the help that they need is not for you to say something. It's just for you to be there and so that they know that they are not alone. And see, what I'm kind of putting together as we're going through this is then they know that they're not alone. And at this time when they are feeling this pain, the thing that is actually helpful is knowing that they are loved. The way that they know that they are loved and is they're loved. By is by knowing that they're not alone. Yes, and that their loved one was loved, and we'll get kind of yes. into that more, the type of things that you you can say and should say if you have something pertinent to right. say. And we'll get into that a little bit. But first, I want to say um, we don't have to fix anything because we can't. Right. So that's the first thing why you don't need to say anything. You can't fix it. They're dead. Um. And we don't like the quote I said, he used kind of the analogy of a roller coaster, but I said, you know, we don't have to give advice, just be there and listen. They will learn for themselves if time will heal their heart or not. You don't have to tell them time will heal you, right. which is a right. big one that people use, right? Right. Um, you don't have to tell them that everything will be okay because right now it's not okay and they aren't going to believe you. Yeah, it's it's just yeah, spouting off not useful anyway. Well, yeah. and you know, uh, one of the things that I think people say a lot of times is they say it's okay to not be okay, right? Mm -hmm. um, well, maybe the person who's giving the advice needs to actually believe that advice. It's okay to not be okay. So you know, it's okay for you to just let that person simply experience not being okay, mm -hmm. right? Um, and when you go and you, even if what you're telling them is it's okay to not be okay, it's still, I think it's still, uh, I'm trying to make it okay for myself. And really at the core of these things, you know, I talk about how, you know, really you're making yourself feel better. These are actually, part of why I think these are damaging more than helpful is that they are inherently so really you're not really thinking about the other person you're not acting on the other person's behalf not really you might feel like you are but really it is selfish it is a selfish act it is i am doing this for my benefit actually more than your benefit because i feel uncomfortable and i think that it's those selfish actions 
that if you want to tell somebody uh, that I want to look like I care about you, but I don't really care about you, go ahead and do something selfish. That's kind of how I look at it. Uh, so I don't know. Maybe maybe people are going to disagree with that, but that's kind of what think- it sounds like to me, and that's what I'm kind of picking up in my head as we go through this. It's, a, it's really the selfishness, the self-centered uh, actions and things like that that cause more damage. I think in life overall, if you are going to be there to care about another person, then you need to actually be there to care about another person, not be there to get something for yourself. That's how I feel about it. Yeah, and I think and I think a lot of people that say those things, they are well in a lot of times well intentioned. They yes, want to I help. Agree. They want to help. But th- that's why we're doing this here. Mm-hmm. Is I think yes, it's a, it's a mixture of being uncomfortable. I don't want to see you cry. I don't want to see you in pain. Being uncomfortable, but also wanting to do something. But I I want to I want to say something. I want to do something. I want to say something to make you feel better. But really, all you need to do is be there. If they're crying, you know, give them you know give them a hug. Let them cry get them a tissue, say, I'm here for you, you know, or, um, but so if you're that person out there is like, Oh, those are things I've said me. Right. Right. Um, I've learned a lot. Um, then, um, then you can learn these things that, Oh, I just need to go and I will, I will present things that you can say in a few minutes. Well, and this kind of, I don't know, kind of made me think just now, uh, maybe in a little bit of a different way of a verse from the Bible um, that is a popular verse because it's the shortest verse in the Bible, okay? Uh, And so I'm talking about the verse where uh, all it says is Jesus wept. The situation is... Uh, Mary and Martha's brother Lazarus has died. He, it's been like four days or something that he's been lying in the tomb. They're like, no, dude, he's dead. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is there and he's with them. And it says, Jesus what? Right. And, you know, I'd have to go and take another look at it to see. I don't think that he gave them any comforting words. Um, I think that that was Jesus maybe just doing what actually needed to be done. Well, so, you, I mean, Jesus knew that he was going to be like, hey, yo, Lazarus, wake up, dude. You slept too long already. Get up, right? He knew that he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead any moment, okay? He knew that he had the power to do that, but he wept. And I don't think that he wept because he was like, oh, my heart is broken. Oh, I'm sad. I think that he wept. Because he knew that that's what Mary and Martha needed, and he just needed to be with them and to cry with them. Well, I think that, uh, I think it's... I don't know, maybe I'm making this up. But that's just, I mean, that just barely came well, to my head. Well, he cared I'm about like, Lazarus. No, I think that this is, yes, he did care about Lazarus. Well, but I'm just saying that that's kind of what's coming to my head right now, that I think that it was largely for their benefit that he did all that. I agree with that, but I also feel like, and this is indirectly for their benefit, but that he can he could feel the pain that they were feeling we all feel when we lose someone that is close to us, yeah, so indirectly, so it was pain that he was feeling himself, I think as well because he cared about Lazarus, I think Lazarus was more than just all the hundreds of followers or whatever is my understanding but i don't know i don't know either you're looking at me like sure basically i always look at you like you're crazy okay <laughs> so um no i think that um anyway we're spending too much time on this uh but the point is that yes uh jesus went there and he uh sat with them and he cried with them and he didn't uh, go into a long sermon about, yeah. you know... He knows this sermon. All of the stuff. He wrote the freaking sermons, <laughs> yeah. okay? Jeez. Yes. And I'm... 
And uh, then, you know, after he cried with them, then he was like, okay, we've wasted enough time. Hey, Lazarus, get up and come out here, bro. So I told you I was going to tell you two stories. Um, okay. I told you the story from um, Dr. Eisenhower and now an example from my own life. And I mentioned this a little bit last week, and you can go back. Um, our live stream from last week we have put up as an episode, um, and you can go back and watch that here on Rumble and wherever you find your podcasts, your favorite podcast platform. Anyway, so, uh, but when my mom died, I had a lady um, from church come and visit me, and she basically did this. I don't know if she just, how she knew this, um, but... She came and she's like, what's your favorite memory of your mom? Tell me about your mom, right? And mm -hmm. so those, I'm going to get a little bit more into that. Um, those are the type of things you can say, questions. Tell me, get them to let, allow them to tell their story, to tell them about their the person that they're missing and grieving. Because that's how, when you are grieving someone, the way that that person stays alive is through... Um, memories, right? And you want to share those things that you love. I, I don't know all the intricacies. I mean, I've read lots of books, but let them share about the person that they love. Uh, you can ask questions and it's okay to ask follow-up questions and you can say, you can say, oh, he sounds, you know, so amazing or whatever. You, Those are the type of things you can say, like you're having a conversation. Right. Um, and then I was able to kind of apply this from the example of this lady that came and visited me from my mom. And I had also just recently read this book by um, Coaching at End of Life by Dr. Eisenhower. There's a young lady at church that her husband died. Um, and her husband was young. They hadn't been married for but a few years. Um, and I... I had never met her, but I felt drawn to um, go and visit her and help her out. And so I had the opportunity to use these things that I had learned, like, because I told you before, I was the person, it's okay, mm -hmm. you'll see them again someday. Right. You know, right. yes, that's true, but leave, leave it out, right? Right. So I had the opportunity of doing this, um, and... So the things, the type of questions I had, I went almost, I went almost every day for a couple weeks to visit her. And I, every time I went, I went ahead with, I'm going to ask this question. And I never got past really one question because she would tell her story about her and her husband. Mm -hmm. Right. So things like, tell me about your loved one. What makes him special? What are your favorite memories? Um, what, what do you love most about him or her? I asked her how they met. Um, I don't remember, but those type of things, right? Go prepared with questions about their loved one. Let them cry and be in a safe place. Let them feel whatever they're feeling. Um, and just listen and be there. Um, you don't need to say much. You don't need to be, um, prepared with all the, religious answers don't in in the beginning don't it doesn't help yeah. if they have their religious belief then um they will fall fall back on it when they're ready right now they just need to remember right well what they need is they need to know that they yes. have not lost all the love in their life that there is still love in the world that there is still something uh that is worth living for. And that is, it's, you know, feeling love can help you to feel that there is something worth living for. And, um, you know, I think to a friend of ours who his wife passed away uh, when we lived in Wyoming. And um, uh, similarly, I uh, knew that I needed to help him out. Mm -hmm. And... You know, he had some really significant uh, obstacles in life. Missing an eye, missing an arm, um, 
And he was, I mean, uh, he compensated for that amazingly in his life. But he still had some real difficulties. Um, he had a really rough history that he was still dealing with. And he will probably deal with for the rest of his life. And now the woman who had helped pull him through all of these difficulties in his life uh, had just died. You know, and it totally was unexpected. totally unexpectedly, mm-hmm. very suddenly and in so she was in the hospital and things just went bad and they went bad fast and it was a really traumatic thing for Mm -hmm. him it was it was crazy and it was heartbreaking to watch it happen and i don't know that i ever really did uh as much for him as i wanted to do for him you know and i wanted to help him and i don't know at the time i just i knew that I couldn't make it better. Yeah. And I knew that nothing that I was going to say was going to change the fact that his wife was dead. And so, you know, I turned my focus. I did try to just kind of let him know that I was there and that I cared. And I think I took a little bit of a different focus with him as well, where rather than sitting and talking to him and everything else, I said, okay, what do you need right now? And they needed some things. He didn't have the money to uh, take care of his wife's uh, funeral arrangements. So I took that on myself. I uh, did a grow pro. I raised the money needed. Uh, he wanted to cremate his wife. So we got the money needed to cremate his wife. We, got, uh, we had um, some money left over. And he was able to go and do something fun with his daughters. Um, you know. And that was kind of where my focus was, was trying to help him. And I think that that's another way to, I don't know. Yes, I think this is just, this isn't the only advice. No, this is your top advice. I'm just saying that, um, you know, I do want to make it clear that just going and sitting with people isn't the only thing that you can do. No. Um, If you bring someone a meal, that is... Fine. If you do something to help them, like legitimately help them, that is fine. Um, I think that talking about your advice, the important takeaway is don't don't try to make it all better. Mm-hmm. Do a lot less of this and a lot more of this. Yes, and we can we can go into sorry I mean, for everybody just listening. This, the first, this was moving my hand like I was talking, and the second, this was pointing at my ear, so listening. So, yeah. a lot less talking, a lot more listening. Yeah, and so, um, you know, there's a whole bunch of advice that we can give for both those who are grieving and those who are helping those who are grieve, and and mostly for those who are helping those who grieve. Yeah. Uh, but, but what about for those who are helping those who are helping those who are grieving? Okay, whatever. Oh, so one thing... It's a legitimate question, Char. I said I was going to cover things that you can say. So other than the questions, you can say, and this is really good, especially if it's... Like, we're in social media world, right? And um, so one thing through social media or in person, a good thing to be able to say to people is if you have a memory or something that you have to say about that person like you know say it's my um my friend's mom so i didn't know her mom like really well and it's from years ago right Mm -hmm. but i do have some memories right and i can say oh i really always loved going to your mom's house and or to your house and seeing your mom smile something like you know something genuine if you don't have anything don't make something up but um you know you can share a memory of that person with them because that is helpful Mm -hmm. um or something that or you know if you didn't know them say oh i know you really loved you talked about your mom all the time and i know you really loved you know yeah so well i was also just thinking you know I don't know, thinking back through experiences in my life, mm-hmm. you know, um, it was helpful to me also. Like when my when my wrestling coach died last year, 
I went and I wrote something. Uh, I wrote a couple of things, uh, some of them kind of lengthy, um, online about what he meant to me. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so I don't know if that was helpful to his family. I hope it was. Oh, I um, bet. Yes. Well, I know. I, I just can't. I can't verify. You know, I hope it was. Um, I think maybe it was. But it was also helpful to me. It was helpful to me to say what he meant to me. And so, you know, even if you are not the key, most important person in that person's life, you know, if you're going through your own grieving process as well, you know, yeah, you you should get those things out. And then another experience, um, so I think it's been a couple of years now. Uh, one of my friends from high school, he was in my ward or my church congregation growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, his dad uh, was a Sunday school teacher uh, many times uh, growing up, and he had a big impact on me. He was somebody who I looked up to, and so he died, and he uh, had cancer, I believe, and he was in the hospital for a while, and he was definitely, I mean, he was, he was going. And then before he died, um, I, I felt like I should, and so I did. I wrote him uh, a message just telling him what he meant to me and how he affected my life and all the things that I learned from him and uh, telling him that, you know, the things that he taught me and the ways that he treated me changed how I deal with other people and I told him how mm-hmm. and um, I wasn't able to talk to him before he died but uh, I was told by some people in his family that, that meant a lot to him and you know it so it's good uh, when somebody dies to do this but i think it's also good if there's somebody who you see that they are dying to maybe do it before they die also well i think that reminded me you know earlier in this season we were we were talking about the four things and it doesn't have to be your parent or your child that the four things right works for Mm -hmm. i you know i had my friend we've talked about my friend kim who died and i was like I she wasn't announcing on Facebook that she was dying. And right. so I didn't get to say anything. You know, we weren't like we weren't always talking to each other. We just every once in a while, but we were close friends when we lived by each other. And then that made me wake up and like, oh, maybe I should tell some of my friends that are really important to me how much they meant to me because I never told them, you know, yeah. friends that I'm not around anymore, right? Um that they were meaningful to me. It doesn't, you don't have to wait till they're dying. When they're dying, it's fine too. Um, either way, yeah. it, it's just, it's that whole thing of um, living in gratitude and I yeah. don't know well, what it is. I, I don't know that the four things necessarily apply to yeah, all no. people, um, but definitely expressing gratitude mm-hmm. and through expressing gratitude, um, showing forth and expressing love, I think, will always be a winning formula. Yeah. I agree. Okay. I think we... You heard it here first, folks. We agree <laughs> on something. <laughs> um, so, one question I want to ask for um, those of you watching and listening. Um, if you have had someone that has really put forth and shown a great immensity of love for you when you've had um, someone pass away, what they did, what that looked like, what they said or didn't say, um, share with us. And so, you know, you can disagree with what we've said or um, support what we've said or just tell us your experience. So we'd appreciate that. And I'm sure everyone else would appreciate that as well. Um, But I think we'll go on. Are you ready to move on to our first next segment 
Yeah, sure. Our first extra segment. Our first extra segment. And we are going to do Ashar Raves. So, I was a little disappointed the last time we did this because I thought it was like a party and we were going to be like dancing with like glow sticks. So, well, we did so for this, a second. This is a boring rave? Yes. Okay. But I'm really... Shaw raves, but in a boring way. I'm really excited about this, of course, since it's a rave. Okay. <laughs> so, it, this is something that has popped up again, um, because a bunch of the doctor... Two. Two of the doctors that I've... Hey, two can be a bunch. Yeah. If you don't well, like doctors. <laughs> two of the doctors that I actually liked left my my hospital system and if you're someone that deals with doctors semi regularly or if you have um well even if you just see your regular primary care doctor or whatever you want doctors that you can trust that you feel like listen to you and are you're on your side right Right. And having, you know, having things with my cardiology stuff, and I also have sleep issues, so I see neurologists and stuff. Um, I've had a spectrum of good, bad, and ugly. <laughs> and I mean, that seems a little bit mean to call your doctors ugly, Char. <laughs> well, maybe, but well, I'm not talking hey, about looks. Look, the truth is the truth, okay? <laughs> Sorry, I'm not guys. talking about looks, oh. but my all-time favorite doctor that I've ever had, and I, you know, I've seen a lot, um, and no sponsor, of course, he has no idea that I'm saying this, um, is Dr. Alford Jeffrey. He was, uh, he's a, he was a neurologist in Casper, Wyoming. He's now in um, Colorado somewhere, like Longmont or something, but... Um, he, so I was going because I have sleep issues and he was just a neurologist that I had had a recommendation for just a neurologist. But, um, he, um, I ended up finding out he wasn't a sleep, sleep doctor. So there's specializations between, you know, you have cardiology and then you have EP doctors and, you know, you have normal card normal cardiology doctors, you have EP doctors, heart failure doctors, probably a whole plethora. Those are the two I know because that's what I see. Mm -hmm. um, same with neurology. You can have special, you have the neurology and then you can have, they specialize in different things. And I was wanting a sleep specialist neurologist. Mm -hmm. Well, Dr. Jeffrey was not that and I didn't necessarily know that at the time. I was just looking for a neurologist. Anyway, I go well, to him. This was in Wyoming. Yeah. And I. You, you take what you can get in Wyoming. Yes. Okay. If and, your doctor happens to be an antelope, then you, you're grateful for an antelope that made it through med school. But he ended up being the best doctor I've ever had. He wasn't an antelope. He was not an antelope. He was Australian, <clears throat> I believe. But that's beside the point. Well. <laughs> so. So what made him good is that, so I go in here and he's fascinated by all my health history, which is um, long and extensive and family integrate, you know, genetics. Mm -hmm. And um, and he really wants to help me. And he's like, okay, um, first of all, I went in there saying I wanted to get on this certain medication that my mm -hmm. sister who has um, narcolepsy is is on and I was right. like I want to go on it and he's like okay let's do it but he couldn't do it wait I'm not there yet oh, so so he's like okay um I'll, I have to figure out how to do it but um I, I'll do it and I was like okay so I leave and he's like he called I think he called me I don't know no I don't know if his nurse called me but whenever I sent an email he actually replied back to me. You know, when, I, I don't, you don't know, but now I know that that's very rare. Like mm -hmm. when I email my doctors at the big hospital, the doctors don't ever respond. It's a nurse. But to be fair, this was 
also, I feel like I just said this, this was also in Wyoming. It was. So he may have only had two other patients. <laughs> no, he didn't because one of my friends was his patient. Was his patient and like, look, all my other patients are antelope. <laughs> no, anyway, so he's... It's so, just nice to deal with a human every once in a while. So he was like, yeah, let's, let, let's get you on this medication. I was like, well, I think you have to be like... Because it's a very highly reg regulated medication. I think you have to go through like this training. He's like, I'll, I'll see it. I'll get it done. Anyway, he tried. He did all the things. And then he he, he gets back to me. And he's like, you have to be a sleep specialist to be able to do it. So mm -hmm. I'm going to refer you to this other neurologist. Well, it just so happens that... So this was... I think this guy was a sleep specialist. Okay. Maybe. But maybe there wasn't... Um, a sleep specialist in all of Wyoming. I don't remember. I don't remember the specifics, but he's like, I'm going to refer you to this guy. Well, this guy couldn't help me either. So I had to go to Denver. That's beside the point. So next appointment, I go to Dr. Jeffrey and he's like, okay, you know, I couldn't help you with that, but I have a list of all these things that we're going to try. One of them was a medication, a, a pharmaceutical that had a, um, not a no, very known side effect of increasing REM. I don't get um, REM, very good REM sleep. There's like, I've searched, there's like hardly anything out there to help with increasing REM, but he found it. And then he gives me a list of like, I don't know how many, like, like five supplements, like vitamins and minerals. He's like, I'll write you a prescription for these. I don't know if they'll be approved by your insurance, but, I'll, but we'll try. So he writes these prescriptions for all these things. The one medication, the insurance would cover. None of the other things they would cover, of course, because we're not talking about pharmaceuticals and medical. Well, we are talking about medical today. Oh, I forgot to start this conversation with, we are not medical experts. We do not... You need to see your... We're not giving advice. We're giving our opinions, blah, 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 yes. blah, blah. This is our experience and our opinions, which are correct. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so he gives me... Basically, what I'm saying... I know I'm telling, like, the whole story more than you probably need to know to get to the punchline. But There's I... A, <laughs> punch? Sorry. I'm squirrel? So he, so he writes me and I'm like, okay, so I go and buy all these supplements and I actually started to feel better, not a ton better, but this, per and then, okay. And then I get, we move to Kansas city, right? And I have two different sleep specialist neurologists that I go to. One was like, oh yeah, uh, the first one, that's one of the doctors that have left now. And I liked her pretty well here I referred to earlier and she's like oh yeah um I if that medications works for you then great we'll keep you on it this new one that I have we won't name names but she like so well, Sheila that the one yeah Sheila okay. she like she when I mentioned this medication that helps me mm -hmm. to sleep better at night doesn't help me feel better but it helps me sleep better um she's like Oh, well, I don't know why they prescribed you that, but if it, but you know, she would like, she was like really trying to hold in her ruffled feathers. Right. Um, you weren't there, but, um, and, but she's like, but we'll keep you on it. Spirit. Yeah. We'll keep you on it since you say it's making you feel better. <laughs> so the rave is. Besides Dr. Jeffrey is, and I know we don't have any doctors probably watching this, but. Yeah, and if you are, we don't want you watching. No, okay. I'm just saying. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, was I going I'm just too saying far? if I was a yes. doctor in a, special, in a specialized field, or maybe any doctor, because I've been doing it for myself and my kids my whole life. I go online, right? And I go, I mean, there's the, okay, whatever. Well, the, I think that what you're trying to get to is you're weird. Okay, and there's nothing about you that's normal or your situations that are normal. Right, Shar? Yeah. And that 
what you really appreciate and what you really love, because you've said this to me a million times before. Thanks for helping. Is that um, you appreciated somebody who was curious enough, who cared enough about you to say, you know what, I don't understand this situation. Let me put you as a priority and actually do research and actually learn what is going to be the thing that will help you most. Rather than just saying, okay, well, you know what, your diagnosis is this, this, and this, and therefore I do this, this, this plug-in thing. Yes. Oh, sorry. So you don't want somebody to treat you like a checklist. You want somebody to treat you like a person, person yes who they want we are all to different help. yes right a weird person i can't stress that enough weird person okay who uh you know but the point was that he gave you the time and he was your favorite doctor because of it even more so than having jonathan reese myers as your doctor which is pretty amazing oh my cardiologist yes. in... So, she had a cardiologist in Cheyenne who seriously, no kidding, looked just like Jonathan Reese Myers. I was like, so are you moonlighting as an actor on the side? I mean, come on. <laughs> you didn't actually really. ever ask I, I No, but I wanted to. Man. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, come on, man. We know you're Jonathan Reese Myers. Quit screwing around with us. Okay? But see, yes. So, to go to an analogy, a type of analogy you would go to... I want a doctor that doesn't just know how to cook, but or doesn't know how to follow just follow a recipe, but knows how to cook. Right. That or is willing to go and learn if there's a method that they don't know. And is willing to admit when there's something. Yes, that, that was another know. thing. He he was like, here I have all these supplements you can try. I don't know if any of them work. He said, I don't know. Try them. This doctor I have right now, neurologist, no, she would not ever say, I don't know. That's how I run my medical practice, too. I just tell everybody, look, I don't know any of this. Just try this. I just, it's, I don't know. It's a, I can go on for a whole episode and probably two about this. So I probably should just stop. Okay. (laughs) Because I talk about it all the time. It is a rave. Dr. Jeffrey... You're the best doctor I've ever had. And and her other you doctor, have, you, we know that you're Jonathan Reese Myers. <laughs> Stop with the charade. <laughs> Seriously. So, if you live in um, Colorado, somewhere north of Denver, I don't remember, the Longmont or, Longmont or Loveland, I don't know. Anyway, and if you can get Dr. Oliver Jeffrey and you need a neurologist, um, I 150% recommend him. And if you do ever meet Jonathan Reese Myers, ask him why he's been moonlighting as a doctor in Cheyenne, Wyoming. Okay, do we have time for hope in humanity? I think we should maybe skip it. I don't it. think there's any hope in humanity. <laughs> so... Uh, I don't know that there's anything to even talk about. Is there, Char? Are we skipping it? We are going to... I think we will skip it because I took too much time on my raves. Yeah. You so always take too much time on your rant. and I No more time for hope? We'll, we'll have hope next week. Are you sure about that? Are you sure about that, Char? No, this is a good story. And one that I would... Um, I would rant and rave afterwards as well. So that's probably why we should just move on. Okay. To the cookie. All right. It's a good one. You join us next week for our Hope in Humanity. That's what she says. So anyway, for our cookie this week, we went to a cookie shop in, I don't know where the actual city is. It's on the Missouri side, I think. Yeah, it was KCMO. So it was... I don't know if it's actually Kansas City. I don't know if it was KCMO or if it was technically Grandview. But it is somewhere on the southern side of the I Kansas City out. metro I area. Got the down there. Wasn't quite as far south as Belton. Uh, anyway, cookies and creamery, right? And they yes. specialize 
in doing ice cream sandwiches, which I would have loved to have done an ice cream sandwich, but we were out all day yesterday. Mm -hmm. It would have melted by the time we got home. So we just got some cookies. And so what we have this week, they call these their brookies, okay? And basically they are made out of brook trout. Uh, So... No, so I'm excited for these because I love brownies, and maybe I shouldn't get too what excited. What do brownies have to do with brook trout? They're brookies. Half, yeah, half brownies, half cookies. Oh, I had that way wrong. Yeah. So um, I love brownies more than I like cookies. Okay. But maybe I shouldn't get too excited because... So, actually, I'm going to go back to Dr. Jeffrey um, because... Do, Your rave is over. No, I know, but... Yeah, this is exactly see, what my rant, thing, isn't it? I have see? This, see? Now you're living my life. Yes. I have this thing that... Well, you've taught me, and I've realized it's true, that expectation... Or, Satisfaction is 90% expectation. Yeah, so don't go with too high expectation with Dr. Jeffrey. Yeah, he does suck a little. Because I want you to love him as much as me. Yeah. So go thinking, I don't know, this guy, I mean, he's not, he's like New Zealander, Australian, or some weird thing. Well, maybe it is New Zealand. He's probably like half Hobbit and, you know, the other half dwarf. So... No, he he's, was tall. He's not that cool. He was okay. tall. So he was, yes, he sprouted, okay? Okay, <laughs> anyway. The point is, look, you can go thinking, man, he, he kind of sucks. I'm sorry if I just offended Australians and New Zealanders by... I, yeah. Jeez, Char. Oh, my gosh. Probably from Papua New Guinea or something. I don't know. I don't have a clue where he's from. Okay? But go thinking that he's, he's kind, of, kind of a wacko. And then you're going to be like, wow, this guy's not a wacko at all. Yeah. I love it. Okay, so back to satisfaction. So I should have lower expectations yes. because we've been having high expectations for some of the cookies. and Exactly. I just so just expect that these actually are made suck. of brook trout. Oh, that's they're, a good They're idea. brookies. Okay, they're soft. Like a brook trout. I'm going to do, well, I'll... It's a little fishy. That's what a brook trout is. It's it's literally a little fishy. Brook trout are tiny. Didn't you know that? It's true. I like it. So, I like it ish. Um, Yeah, they're... Okay, go ahead. I want some milk, though. The flavor isn't bad. Um, I think the number of chocolate chips in there... Distribution is fine. Has a nice texture. Kind of crispy on the outside, chewy in the middle. Okay, so that's all nice. But really, the brownie overtakes the cookie. Yes, it basically tastes like a brownie with chocolate chips in it. Yeah. The little swirl is basically just cosmetic. Mm -hmm. This may as well just be a chocolate chocolate chip cookie. Well... Except brownie oh, is different than chocolate chip. Okay. Butter. But the cookie dough brings it more towards the cookie side than mm-hmm. the brownie side. Yes. But yeah, basically this is, I mean, that's what my taste buds are telling me is that this is basically a chocolate chocolate chip cookie. And it's not a bad one. Mm-hmm. It tastes good. Um, I still don't know that the swirl itself really does anything for me. Yeah. But we wouldn't have bought just a brownie. And I like brownies. You would But not for this. So we've had a little debate going on. About whether brownies are considered cookies. Well, because... And whether we should have... Whether we should do brownies on our cookie segment for this. So, I want everybody to chime in. Go to the comments... Say, um, 
if you think brownies are cookies or if they count as cookies. I can see an argument for both, uh, but I want to hear other people's arguments. I don't necessarily have an argument. I just know that in King Arthur Baking Company Cookie Companion, they have a section for brownies. I don't know. Let's hear what uh, other people say. So sometimes I think bars and brownies and those sort of things, that they are, I don't know. I can see an argument for both. They're uh, maybe a little bit more take. Maybe they're just kind of their own thing. They're not really a cookie. Um, but then again, not all cookies have to fall into the same mold, so to speak. I don't know the definition of a cookie, so. Okay. Let's hear everybody else's thoughts. So, yeah. Uh, comment. Uh, let us know what you thought of our discussion today. hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, Joseph, do we have any comments going on the live stream right now? Nope. All right. Well, if we had some, then we would address them right now. If there were questions that I had, then we could like talk about it because we're alive. But as nobody has any questions, you can or still comments, ask questions. Yes, yeah, so you can still ask questions or comments. We're just, just not, not going to be able to answer it right now. Uh, we'll have to get to it later between all of the other million things that we are doing and trying to figure out. But please, um, if you enjoyed this episode, if you could, um, I don't know, is it like on Rumble? Follow it, follow yeah. us on Rumble. Yeah. That's the well, way you follow follow us, us. And then I think there's the Rumble button. That, I don't think that's a thing anymore. It, did they get rid of that? I don't know. I see thumbs up. I don't right. see well, like, uh, thumbs up, rumble it, or tumble it, or I don't, I don't necessarily, I mean, when I see that we do get thumbs up and it does make me feel good, but I really feel good when we get someone new following us. Yeah. And, um, makes me happy. Yeah. We hope you enjoyed this. Uh, follow us on Facebook, follow us on Rumble, tell other people about it. Um, you know, let's see, is there, are there any other. No, let's. Okay, cool. Well, uh, thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Tuesday at noon. Mm -hmm. right? Central daylight time. Central, yes. That all that stuff. Okay. See you later, guys. Uh, you didn't. Say oh, I, my gosh! How long we will we not see you later. Sorry. <laughs> Look. I wanted to eat the rest of the cookie. I was just trying to wrap it up so I could, like, eat the rest of the cookie. All right? <laughs> you guys understand. So, until next time, memento mori, usquerco vivere. Remember, you will die. Until then, live. And now I'm going to eat my cookie.